This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a big kid and a little kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a baby. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, the house made me do it. Plus, Biz can't remember anything, Teresa gets a visit from the sleep deprivation fairy, and we talk to Dr. Rangan about poison control. Woo! It's another topic that sounds weird to be followed by a woo. (laughs) Teresa. Yes. Thanksgiving's over. Yes. Just wanted to throw that out there. We did it. We did it, guys. So what what does that count as? Like, is that like 30% of the way through the holidays? I'm going to say short. Yeah, 30% seems real. It's a good chunk. Because there's, I mean, outside of just additional holidays, yeah. there's holiday school breaks right. coming. There's time. Which is its own thing. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but Thanksgiving is so, maybe it's 25%. Uh, okay, we'll go 25, 30. Depends on your scenario. Yeah, depends on your scenario. Teresa. Yes. Before we get into everything, I want to uh-huh. throw out two announcements. Yes. Right off the top. Do it. One. San Francisco, we're coming back. San Francisco. Da, da, da. Uh, we are going to be part of San Francisco Sketchfest this year, guys. So much fun. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to be doing a live show as part of the festival. That's going to be on Sunday, the January 21st. Sunday, January 21st, 1 p.m. You can go to sfsketchfest.com for ticket information, venue information, and check out all the other great uh, podcasts that are going to be there and sketch comedy shows that are going to be there. That is going to be a nice time, guys. I'm so excited. That is exciting. Also, holidays, need a gift, gonna plug our own book here, guys. It's the it's the gift that keeps giving in terms of letting people know they're doing a good job, which is something probably people really need to hear during the holidays. So you're doing a great job, a hundred ways you're winning at parenting. You can get that anywhere that people sell books. Check that out. And a listener posted on Facebook recently a comment about our book that I really liked that oh. I wanted to share, which was that he's a new dad um, and he bought the book for his wife. And um, he said that he he read it before they had their child, and now he's rereading it and following along. Ah! And he said he he thinks of it like a cheat sheet for supporting <laughs> moms. Oh, that's a good that's a good interpretation. I know. I yeah, like that a I lot. Like that too. Uh, so, Teresa. How are you doing? You got a visit from a fairy? Yeah. Unfortunately, not our favorite kind fairies. of fairy. Not our good fairies. Not the good fairy. <laughs> Trying to think of all the good parenting fairies that are out there. There's like a fairy that brings your kid money. That's great. Yeah. And that seems to be the extent of the fairies. So what fairy came to visit you? Just the you? fairy that helps you do whatever. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Succeed. Yeah, sure. Right. Uh, the genius fairy, The I genius guess. fairy. Oh. Um, so... I got a visit from the sleep deprivation fairy over this past weekend. It was Thanksgiving break. We went off to the mountains. And, you know, as everyone knows, going away with your children means your children are not going to sleep either at all or at least not as well usually as they do when they're in their own setting in their own routine. What's funny about having my third baby is that 
I've been like hyper aware ever mm. since his birth of like the signs and symptoms of, of sleep, sleep deprivation. deprivation. Like I'm constantly like checking on myself, right. which is really good, I think. You That's know? good. Yeah. That's a two steps forward sort of moment. Totally. Right. Totally. And like I, because I know that, you know, with the first one, you have no idea what's going on. With the second one, it was so much worse. Mm. Like Oscar was such a worse sleeper. Yeah. And I had two that I was really, I had no idea how bad I got right. with him when he was a baby. Um, and then later coming out of it, I was like, oh yeah, I was super depressed and anxious yeah. because I wasn't sleeping. Right. That's what was going on. Yeah. Um, and so now with Curtis, he's uh, nine months old, and Oscar, my four-year-old, still is not a good sleeper. No. So, and my baby is just a baby. Um, we haven't like sleep trained him exactly like to the extent that we did or with tried to do kids, with the right. other two because they all share a room. It's just a little more complicated, and he's he's a pretty good sleeper. Each so like kid's different. For the most yeah. part, I haven't like there's things that we do, but I haven't like really got like we're not in a routine with him where like he goes to bed at the exact same time every night and then sleeps through the night. That right. is not our system. But still it hasn't been that bad. But okay. going away over the weekend was so bad, you guys. Oh. It was so bad. And I was like it was it was both Oscar and Curtis, like yeah. every night, something different, going to bed too late, getting up too early, and being up with kids in the middle of the night with a yeah. variety of stressful needs. By yesterday, I was in a very dark place. Mm. Like, I, And it was so interesting to be observing myself right. and seeing like, yes, this is, it, it's, I, I feel freaked out. Yeah. Things were freaking me out that would normally not freak me out. I was having like unwanted thoughts, you oh, could yeah. say. Um, and I was just feeling sad and overwhelmed and like, I couldn't, I, everything was that Bad. fog, yeah. you know, that sad fog. Yeah. Um, last night was a little bit of a better sleep, but this is, this is just such a reminder right? that this is happening. And like, the worst part about it is like, when you realize, when you get to that place and you realize this is not okay, yeah. I need to fix this, you're already kind of so far gone that you don't know how to fix it. Correct. Like you can't, you're not in a frame of mind to be like, okay, well then tonight we're going to do this, this, and this. Right. I need to get some help in here on this and I need to do this at this time and you yeah. know what and I need to take a nap and I need to you know, you're you're just you become zombified. Yeah. That is this is where that like zombie mom right. idea came from. Yeah. You can't function. No. So you can't fix it for yourself because you're not functioning because you're right. not sleeping. Um so huh that's there you are. Uh -huh. There you are. Nothing more to say about that. Yeah, the sleep deprivation, it's one of those ones that's it's hard to be aware you're in it. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're way past it, it's yeah. hard to remember it. Yes. And then when it gets you, and it can come anytime. Sure. I think we talked about that on the show once, that like there's no, we never replenish to the point where you're starting from scratch again when you lose sleep. Mm -hmm. You're just basically get to a survival mode, and then the day that gets disrupted, it, it, you can you're crushed. You're again. crushed. Yeah. way yeah. faster. Yeah, that well, huh? Yeah, I don't I'm know. sorry. Yeah, no, it's it sucks. okay. It, yeah, it totally yeah, sucks. sucks. Yep. Huh? How are you? I'm all right. I am in a place that you were in 
and probably still are in and probably I've probably <laughs> been there forever. And that is the place of the I don't know. I don't I have no memories of things that are happening uh-huh. in terms of like <laughs> I come such a fog yeah. that I'm like. If you were to say, hey, Viz, what'd you do this week? I, I literally, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember waking up and going to bed, and there were children and stuff involved yep. in between. Uh-huh. But I, there's no, like, highs or lows or significant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I don't just know. kind of getting through I'm it. I'm just getting through yeah. it. That's I, it's a little bit of a sad place to be. It is a little bit of a sad right? place, because I think, for me, that's bleeding into self-care a lot, where I'm yeah. like, I had, like, a couple of hours to myself this weekend, and I literally realized I was back in that place of I have I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I I have no idea, and I'm actually angry and paralyzed that I don't sure. know what to do with it. Oh, sure. I, I guess I guess our our touch base is all about the past coming yeah. back to the present. Yeah. Hmm. Isn't it interesting that this may just be a continuing cycle that happens for the rest <laughs> of our lives? Hooray! Yay! Speaking of hooray, today we're going to talk about trying to parent inside our houses. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I... I keep thinking when I think about this topic, parenting inside our homes. We mm-hmm. touched base a little on this last week when I was sharing my fail, that my yeah. fail felt like whenever I'm home, I'm a worse parent. Yes. That I, like, I, I'm not happy with the thing that I'm doing as a parent. Yes. And then we were like, oh, we should talk about that. Yes. So then I was like, oh, let's talk about it. What, what am I thinking? All I could think of was like the old horror film uh-huh. where like the woman calls the police or somebody calls the police and they're like, there's a murderer, blah, blah, blah. They're calling me and they're threatening me. And the police are like trace the line and they're like, the call is coming from within the house. Yeah. Right. And you're like, yeah, ah! yeah. And that is that uh-huh. is how I feel. And yeah. so I'm just going to describe it a little more. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just see where this conversation goes. Uh-huh. This is one of those topics where I'm like, I have three notes and the notes basically are. I feel like I'm doing a worse job as a parent in my home. Uh, And then I just expand on that Mm -hmm. two more times. Okay. And those expansions are like, it is like a veil. Like if I am in the house, I genuinely feel bothered by my children. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being interrupted. I feel like I am, I feel like I am constantly just trying to get through whatever their needs are because mm-hmm. I've got to get to something else. Right. Whatever the fucking something else is. Right. And let me tell you right now, the something else is probably of no value. Yeah. Uh, even with like Stefan, I get frustrated. Like this way, we were in the house a lot over the last like uh, four days. Mm-hmm. And by like day three, I was like, no one else seemed bothered by being in the house. But I was mm-hmm. like, we are, I am trapped. Yeah. I don't like you guys. I don't want to be with you guys. I don't want to help mm-hmm. you guys. I don't want to do any of the parent. I don't want to cook for anybody. I don't want to clean for anybody. I don't want to do like any of the things mm. that I normally would be doing. Uh, and then the moment we step out of the house, a veil is lifted. And I'm like, I love you guys. Mm. I care about your experience that you're having, children. Let me help you with this thing. Right? Like, mm. there's something about being in the house these days that feels... Like a prison. Ha! Dang. 
I don't even. Ta-da! Uh, yeah, I'm I, like, let me drop a plate. Yeah, clang. I don't even want to like follow that up. I don't. You really. I mean, you yeah. said it. Yeah, and it's not yeah. like. I mean, like I'm happy at all. It's not like no, I'm like. I know. This is no, like I know. this is like literally just no, like a I know. parenting You're just thing. Painting a picture. I know. Where I'm I know. like, I don't like. I feel like I'm constantly just like, just go. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's time to get dressed. Come on, get dressed. Why aren't you mm-hmm. just brushing your teeth? Mm-hmm. We gotta rush. We have to rush and get through all these things that you need me to do and that you need to do. Hmm. And I don't know why. I feel like, and I mean, I'm sure I do know why. I'm sure if it's like in my house, there are the basic responsibilities of. You know, keeping the house clean and cooking, laundry, you know, your basic chores that have to be done every day, plus work, being on the computer, needing to check email, needing to check in. I will admit, a lot of the time, I'm just going onto my computer because it is a, a window somewhere else. Mm. I'm not getting anything from it. It's not helping me anyway. I'm just like looking at things to not be looking at things in my house, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's that. I mean, I don't. Do you feel that so ever? Do the you? Re- so the part of this that I really connect with yeah. is my house has a tendency to get just cluttered really fast. I'm sure yeah. I'm the only. You're parent the only who's one dealing with that. If as you a had problem. more baskets, right, right. So we don't. We have like a pretty like I think probably average size house, but. We don't have really any closets at all. And we just have a lot of stuff, you know? And, like, I I mean, I'll admit, I I contribute to the stuff that comes into our house, uh, but I'm not the only one. There are many other people in my house who like stuff. Legitimately, there are four other people in your house bringing stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets cluttered really fast. And then, like, so even if I clean it, like, once a day, yeah. it's still there's still a lot of the day where there's clutter everywhere. And some of the clutter I can kind of get used to, but right. for the most part, pretty much all the clutter bothers me on yeah. some level. Yeah. Like it's not that I it's not that I'm just like, oh, this is just my normal. I don't really see it anymore because it's always here. It's actually kind of always bothering me when yeah. it's there. It's just that I can't always deal with it. And I don't always have a place I can put it. So sometimes right. it's just going to sit there until we don't need it anymore. Right. And that's a really hard place to be. Yeah. Um, and so I've noticed with with my kids, when my house reaches, like there's a certain level of clutter that I'm sort of used to and I can kind of deal with it but it does agitate me yeah but then as that amount increases and as more stuff shows up on the floor and Grace likes to use the floor yeah. as her workspace like for making things and so there's like little pieces of paper and there's scissors on the floor and there's uh, glue on the floor and there's tons of paper that's getting pulled out and right. Oscar follows her and he does the same thing and then even you know when they clean up there's still like little things that yeah. they missed and or they're in the middle of it, you know, yeah. and then there's the toys and the baby stuff. And then, the, you know, I mean, it's just it grows and grows, yeah, and grows and grows and grows and grows. Yeah. And, you know, we do the we do the baskets and the putting away things. I've gotten some hooks recently for right. their backpacks and their jackets or whatever. And that helps. But what I've noticed is that as there's more clutter, I start to get really irritable. Yeah. Like I'm just really unhappy with the way I feel. And yeah. it's and it's that feeling of. I can't concentrate on my kids because what I'm feeling is this tightness in my chest that yes. is directly related to that I'm supposed to be doing something else. I'm supposed to be cleaning. Right. And 
the difference is like, you know, there's there's this thing that happens, this magical thing that happens on Sunday afternoons for about three hours, which is that Jesse takes my two older kids off and they do something. Yeah. And I usually spend that time, like I spend some of it doing something for myself and then I spend a lot of it just getting rid of the clutter and for five fucking minutes, I feel really happy in my house. Can I stop right there? I want to talk about that. Okay. Because I think here's the thing is we're we're trying hundred percent. It is the environment in our house, yeah. the clutter, the inability for it to stay clean, the sort of jobs that all have to ha- I still have yeah. to feed my kids, yeah. which means I can't play with my kids while I feed. Like whatever that yeah. thing is or or all of those things working together, yeah. they do create for me as well. That is definitely what's causing a majority of that sort of anxiety, that sort of short, snappy snap at the kids it's way easier for me to be shorter and as i'm listening to you and me talk about this there the voice the like when i have that voice in my head that starts to go well then maybe you should become a minimalist and maybe you should you know yeah uh get rid of your clutter like those are all good ideas i'm using a total jerk voice to do it you know what i mean like i get that there are solutions of some kind Mm -hmm. however they are not always the right solutions for my life. Right. Right? And, and what, things change. Our lives and change. Our lives change. As the kids change. get older, different things are needed. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. There's like, that's not necessarily always a viable option. Mm-hmm. Here's the easy fix. The other thing is, when it comes time for that self-care time, yeah. part of it is, I am the exact same. The moment I've got two or more hours, yeah. I spend the first half of it cleaning the shit yeah. out of the house yeah. so that I can then enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. the rest of that time. Yeah. Even if the rest of the time is just sitting on the couch, I don't want to look at the dirty floor. There really is something about everything being like put away and yeah. clean and like shell like countertops being empty for a second yeah. that feels so good. Yeah. And and I think there's also some we've talked about this before. There's also something about cleaning and putting that shit away that is control that we can have over a situation yeah right like mm-hmm. i can control this yeah. and that gives you some power right, right? like i cannot control yeah. my kid so or you're you're also there's the part of that's like my house is clean therefore i feel good about myself yeah that i'm doing a good job I'm doing you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. when stuff is messy i feel like everything is a disaster everything right. is a mess i'm out of control i'm not handling this well right it's like it is a reflection of the chaos yeah of having other people living in the house with me yes so what I don't like about it, where I am right now, I feel like there are some times where I can handle it better times than others. But what I feel like, and it's probably because it's been, huh, here we go back to what we talked about at the beginning, the slow build. And then you're never aware that it's built to a point right. until you're in it. Yeah. Or sometimes after. Or until sometimes after. Fix it. Yeah. But I really don't like how short I am with them, like the effect it has on me and how that then affects how I interact with my family. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't, yeah. I, there, I'm not sure there's quite a solution to where I'm going with this. It's just where I am. And I can, it's like the snapping. I mean, maybe it's going back to those like first years where I put stickies up, you know, that mm. were like, you're doing a good job. It's okay that this doesn't happen right now. Like that kind of thing. But yeah. like, I'm so short with them. The mo- I'll be so great in the car. We'll go pick them up from school or we'll be coming back from an activity, blah, 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 blah. All that's fine. 
And then, like, we walk in the door, and it's like, why walk? You know, like, they ask a question. I'm like, what do you think the answer is going to be? Right. It's obviously you're not having a snack right, right. now. Or you're, it's obviously homework time. Or I've asked you three times. You know what I mean? Like, I just get snappy. What if, like, I'm just Yeah, sure. I am welcome to some ideas. Yeah, no. And, like, not even just, I don't even mean this to fix your problem. No. Because this is totally a problem I have, too. And I'm thinking, like, it. what if, like, we had a thing where... We said that, like, the first 10 minutes after we got home from something Mm. was free time slash play time, like, for ourselves. For ourselves. Like, obviously, your kids are there. You can't just, like, go off and whatever. No, but you know you're going to focus on them. You're going to focus on them in, like, a fun way. Like, like, do something together that Mm. you guys want to do. Or or even if they're into doing their own thing, you can just kind of hang out for 10 minutes. And, like, it's, like, but it's restricted. You're not allowed to do other stuff. You're not allowed to put stuff away. You're not allowed to plan dinner or get something warmed yeah. up or get you know get whatever you yeah. just like what if we did that be- like I, I wonder what effect because I, I know that would just be 10 minutes and then the stuff starts but like I wonder if enforcing some time transition downtime yeah could make us feel like better but because I'm the same way I walk in the door and I'm just like uh, okay use the potty wash your hands yeah. I have to go over here this goes where does this go I yeah. have to put this away I have to the, clean this up the dogs need to be fed like right you know, I'd love the, to do this for you but I've yeah. got to do all I've these got other, 10 things. other things right now right yeah and like really that's all that stuff does need to happen but maybe it could happen 10 minutes later no I think that's a good idea actually that's a good idea to try i also think that plays into like you know i hear people who a lot of these ideas are good it's really hard to like implement you know what i mean because totally. i always think things like i need to be having a meditation time at some point in time in right, right 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 yeah. where the moment i do have free time it shouldn't be on the computer right but then like that free time happens and like the most i can do is lay on the couch and like oh, turn yeah. on the television i'm like i know i should be doing something yeah. more mentally healthy than this right like or or the like um, the schedule, because like yeah. having a clean schedule routine yeah. for when we walk in the door, these are the things we all do. Yeah. Uh, even if that involves the playtime or the whatever, yeah. or we all know. I mean, we have like a vague thing when the TV comes on; it's Mama's cooking, mm-hmm. right? But like, yeah, I, I just want to eliminate the that sort of thing where I say. I can't because I have to do this. Right. I and know. I, there are times I where I that. obviously I yeah. have to do these things. Right. But there are also times where I'm saying it where it's not true. Right. I could spend the extra time having them help me do the thing that right. I have to do. But again, I feel like there's something about being in the house yeah. where I don't want to. But it's. But I, I feel like I'm just like me, 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 me. But it, you identified it correctly. It's a feeling. Yeah. It's not actually a reality it's a feeling that Mm -hmm. we're having yeah like I have that feeling and I feel like I can't I feel like I can't yeah and so I I wonder I really wonder if we like fight that with like physical response which is I I am not allowed to do any of that stuff that I think I need to do right now my thing with like especially with Oscar my four-year-old is that I am constantly telling him that I can't do the stuff that he wants me to do. I know. And me constantly. Too. I say I know because me yeah. too. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just wonder if, because I have noticed that the times where I do even just like stop for 
literally like 90 seconds mm-hmm. and like get him set up with something yeah. or get, you know, get him going with an activity or just like talk to him yeah. for a few minutes. Like sometimes that pays off. I uh, agree. Like, yeah. You're could, right. And then I'm calmer. And then yeah. he's not constantly, I feel like it feeds itself that like cycle of like I need I need I can't I can't I need I need I can't I can't you know like, yeah no I agree because I sit there and I think about yeah I I I think there's something there with the physical act and yeah. maybe also verbally trying to change what we say mm-hmm. it's the old well what happens if you say yes yeah. Right? Kind of theory. Yeah. I mean, you can't say it every time, but like, what if yeah. when they say, will you come help me with this thing or do this thing, we say yes first, uh-huh. or we say, I can come for, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z, and uh-huh. then I have to get back to setting up dinner or back to, or I can come in with you while I fold clothes, or right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or do you want to help me? Right. You know, I mean, yeah. like, because what this does is that whole attitude, that whole feeling that I hate. Yeah. It's also playing against the feeling that I want to have, which is, you know, as soon as everything's quiet and I'm in bed and I'm like, I'm not spending the time that I want to be spending with my kids. Yeah. Like, I want, you know, our memories to be of them helping me in the kitchen and helping me with these chores and, you know, working on these things, like being part of this house as opposed to, there are jobs happening in the house. You go do this thing while I go do it. Right? Like, right. it fights that, like, I'm not doing, I'm not being the mom that I mm-hmm. I think I should be at, you know, 9 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or oh. 1 in the morning when, when I wake up. When you're too tired to when be I'm having wake, that conversation correct, with yourself. Correct. <laughs> when there's no real solution coming out of that except feeling yeah. like shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I just am like. No, I'm with you. I think, I mean, I think. I think that we are like multitasking a lot around the house, which is like makes it makes it really hard to feel like grounded yeah. and like focused on the kids. And it's really hard to like offer that our kids can help when we're just trying to quickly get everything done. Yeah, I, I think maybe this is just one of those conversations that are good to have uh-huh. because maybe we're catching ourselves in the moment. Yeah, we're definitely not catching ourselves before the moment. No. In the moment before, yeah, we wake up and it's 20 years later and we've just built up so much resentment and our children don't like us anymore. Maybe maybe this is another one of those, let's just talk this out so we can be aware of it and see if we can then come up with some way to make it a little better. Because I don't think there's a, I don't think there's anything that's going to no. stop me from feeling this no. feeling. No, I know what you mean. I just, I just wish parenting wasn't so difficult. Support for One Bad Mother comes in part from Little Bits, which is a toy brand inspiring young inventors to master steam skills and create their piece of the Star Wars galaxy with the Droid Inventor Kit. Kids can create an R2 unit or custom droids of their own. This is the coolest thing that has ever entered our house, guys. These kits are made up of just sort of magnet snap together engineering bits. 
and you can snap them together uh, as the instructions request you to. Or you can be like my three and eight-year-old who play together with this toy and snap them together and invent so many other things. They also have a series of other build-your-own kits that are super awesome. I cannot believe how much play we have gotten out of these things. They are so awesome. Shop at littlebits.com and other select retailers. Give the gift of invention. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I talked about my sleep deprivation over the weekend. There was one night in particular that was so incredibly bad. Oscar was probably up for like two or three hours in the night just like coughing and rolling around and talking and I was like trying to keep the baby asleep on the other side of me and Oscar needed to be with me. I mean, it was just yeah, it's a it was a nightmare. Um, the next day, I somehow honed all my last remaining bits of strength and energy and mom power to create a scenario in which the baby, Oscar, and me were napping for two hours in one room together in the afternoon. And it was perfect. Wow. Wow. Yes. That is a good fairy visit. Yes. It was very good. I played games with my kids uh, separately is my genius. I, you know, I've talked on the show about how, like, I just haven't taught Ellis how to play any games. By this point yeah. in time, by the time Katie Bell was like almost four, we were playing like games all the time. I hadn't done any of that yeah. with Ellis. But we finally sat down and taught him how to play Go Fish. Mm. And the joy on his face Aww. when you say Go Fish and yeah. he gets to draw a card or gets a pair. And he, he caught on to it really fast, which is great. And then uh, Katie Bell is old enough to play Clue. My favorite game ever. And she went to somebody's house and came back and was like, hey, have you ever played Clue? And I was like, did you learn how to play Clue at somebody's house? Great. Yeah. Let's play Clue tonight. Yeah. And again, I don't always want to do stuff at the end of the day, but we kind of like push through Mm -hmm. and we played Clue and I love Clue. So fun. And it was, and Katie Bell was like totally old enough to like do it and not be mad that she wasn't winning. And like, I don't know. It was a good game moment. This weekend. So great. In our house. Great job. Thank you. Guys, I'm calling with a genius, okay? (laughs) Okay, first of all, my three-and-a-half-year-old is napping, okay? So I like to try to get my kids to sleep at the same time every day. doesn't always work out, so I'm always kind of bummed whenever my 13-month-old wakes up before my three-year-old. Well, today, my 13-month-old found this huge I can't even tell you how big it is this ball of string and usually it's one of those things that I'm like no Oliver let's not let's not play with the ball of string but today I was like fuck it I'm gonna let this kid play with this ball of string and guys it's been 
30 minutes. Like, I'm not kidding. I've done a load of laundry. I've cleaned my kitchen. I'm starting on dinner. This kid is still playing with the string. He's not even unraveling it. I mean, it's something that we don't even use. So I'm just like, why why did I ever think this was a bad idea in the first place? I'm at the point where I'm fucking adding it to our grocery list. (laughs) Like, mom is buying string. I'm buying string. Oh, my God. I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm on top of the world. It's been so long. Um, I feel like I've taken an entire vacation by myself. So I just had to share this. Go buy some string for your kids, y'all. You're doing a great job. I Okay. See? The power of saying yes. The genius is the power of saying yes yeah. to a thing that we have no idea why we're clinging so desperately to saying yeah. no about it. And then what happens? Joy. Yeah. String wonder. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, good job. With the string. Totally. I also really like that she's like, I'm adding fucking string to my grocery list every every week. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I, I love it. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. So that beautiful nap that we took, <laughs> when we were starting to wake up from that nap, it was that like happy waking up from a nap feeling where you like feel really like rested oh, but yeah. still sleepy and like comfortable. And Oscar and I were in one bed and the baby was in the crib right nearby. And Oscar and I were kind of waking up but kind of still dozing and we were quiet and we hadn't like said anything to each other. And then I heard the baby start like making noise and like picking his head up. And I said, Oscar, the baby's waking up like that. And he went, sorry, mommy. Because he's so used to me, oh. like, hissing at him. The baby's waking up. Oh, like, oh no. <laughs> it made me feel so bad. I had to, oh. like, backtrack. No, no, I'm not. You're, I no, know. No, it's. Uh... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How do any of us survive? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You suck. I know. Elsa's birthday is this week coming up. And. He just decided he wants it to be Aquanaut themes or Octonaut, whatever the fuck. And I ordered some supplies from Amazon, including some little cake toppers. And everything arrived like a week ago. And then today I started thinking about what I need to make for the birthday party. And I realized I had not seen the cake toppers. And I just, I clearly threw them away. They were clearly part of like an envelope. Like they were mm. in other packaging within like the envelope that mm-hmm. something else came in. And I tossed them. Mm-hmm. They're not here. Mm. And I now have to order them again Ugh. in time Ugh. for this party because uh, Party City does not have Octonaut themed supplies. Sure. Right. Of all the things they have, they not don't that. have that. Right. So Ugh, anyway, just threw, just threw it away. So sorry. Yeah. Sucked. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I am calling with a fail. It started out with something I thought was going to be a genius, which is that I have a front-load washer, and I realized today that there's a little light that I can turn on inside, and so I'm feeling kind of tired. I just want to sit on the floor and do nothing, so I thought I'd just turn the light on and let my toddler watch the washing machine go and that it would be really entertaining for him. And so I did, and the first couple spins he seemed into it and then all of a sudden a look of horror crossed his face and he just started screaming and I realized that his lovey was in there I need to obviously wash it every once in a while and he's seeing it spinning round and round and it's the most traumatizing and horrifying thing that's ever happened to him 
Um, and I've only just now gotten him to calm down like half an hour later by giving him a giant bowl of raisins. So I guess I'm learning today. Don't watch a lovey in front of your toddler. You guys are doing a great job. Bye. You're a monster. Yep. You're a horrible monster. How could you? How could you wash that thing and let your child see the horror of it being washed? Oh, well, you're doing a horrible job. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Texture. The Texture app gives you unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines. Texture has leading titles like Time, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and Wired. And right now, you can try Texture for free. And if you're more into just collecting a series of magazines that indulge your guilty pleasures like Better Homes and Gardens, Country Living, Do It Yourself, Good Housekeeping, Parents, Real Simple, all those magazines that make you feel like you're doing a great job, that's what I've done. And what's also awesome is when I come upon something in the magazine that I want to save, like recipes that I'll never try or crafts that I'll never make, you can save it and go back to it at any point in time. And they've got all the back issues. To start your texture free trial, go to texture.com slash bad mother. If you choose to continue, podcast listeners will get texture for just $9.99 a month. That's over 30% off their listed price. There are also great gift options available for the holiday season. So just go to texture.com slash badmother to start your free trial today. That's texture.com slash badmother. Texture.com slash badmother. Teresa. Yes. Let's call someone today. Yay! Today, we are calling Dr. Cyrus Rangan, who is a pediatrician, a director at the L.A. County Department of Public Health, and is the assistant medical director of the California Poison Control System. He is also the toxicology consultant for the Children's Hospital Los Angeles, where he focuses on educating both parents and the medical staff on diagnosis, management, and prevention of poisoning. It's weird to be excited about this, but I am. (laughs) Welcome, Dr. Rangan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, We are so glad to have you here. Before we get in to talking about poisoning, I'd like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Well, I have uh, my wife, Casey, and my two sons, who are 10 and 12 years old, and we have uh, one dog named Lola. Ooh! Now I have to ask, is it based on the song or or something else? (laughs) Well... (laughs) Now that I'm on the radio, it may come out, but right. uh, I based it on the song, but my family doesn't know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so you just like secretly walk around the house being like, Lola, hello, <laughs> exactly. that's pretty good. Um, all right, we're just going to get right into it, uh, and that is uh, talking about uh, the most important question, which is, when do we call poison control? Great question. Um, this is a uh, you know, service that's offered all across the country, and we're you know available twenty four seven, three sixty five, and have been so since about the nineteen fifties. And the time to call poison control is any time you have some member of the household uh, get into something, whether it's accidentally or intentionally, and it could be a pill, 
It could be a drug. It could be an illegal substance. It could be a toxic metal. It could be something you find in the garage. Mm -hmm. It could be a mushroom, a plant, Mm -hmm. or an envenomation by a venomous creature. If any of those things have potentially happened to a member of your household, that's when you give us a call at Poison Control. Okay, that is a lot of things I hadn't even thought about. Yeah. (laughs) My next sort of follow-up question with that is, is there a time, because those are all exactly the reasons we should be calling poisoning control, but is there ever a moment where the first response should be, uh, call 911? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Absolutely. Yeah, so what are... I mean, I can guess what I think those situations might be, but I am also a parent who will overthink any danger to my child. So sure. so when are the times that we don't call poison control and we call 911? Great question. And 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 just as you said, you know, when you're in that situation, you may be uh, a little bit anxious or scared or frightened and knowing what to do is 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 uh, the most important thing. If you have a situation at home, no matter what the circumstance, where somebody in the household is having difficulty breathing or there's some kind of change in their mental status or if you can't wake them up, those are the situations where, of course, you would be uh, calling 911 immediately because you're going to need emergency medical assistance in the home right away. But if you have any other situation where a member of the household has gotten into one of those kinds of substances and the person is still with it, has a reasonable mental status, is Mm -hmm. still breathing normally, those are the times when you can go ahead and call poison control for advice. The next question, and this is actually probably one of the most asked questions by our listeners when we said, hey, we're going to have somebody on from poison control. Like this, the number two question that came up was, what sort of training do you, as a person who works at poison control, get that sets you up to be so consistently non-judgmental? Because that's what you guys are. You guys are, every every time any of us have ever called, the everybody feels great on some I mean like you you guys are so non-judgmental and I, I, I legitimately besides it just being some weird miracle is there training that you guys are getting are there is there language that you're being taught to use because you know anything that we can take out into the world in terms of talking to each other we want to know well, it's a great, uh, great point you bring up, and, and we understand that fully at Poison Control. And you know, there's about three million calls to Poison Control across the country every year, and we get about 300,000 of those calls here in California every year. Mm-hmm. And we do know that over half of those calls involve children under the age of six. Without question, when parents are involved with these situations at home, many times it's the, the child who gets into something w- without knowledge you know, of the parent. The parent may be in the other room, child accidentally gets into a substance, and the parent sees that it has happened, and right. now they need assistance. And we know that there's going to be fear and possibly even embarrassment or, or those kinds of feelings that may be engulfing that parent at that moment. <laughs> Our goal is simply the health of the person that you're calling about. We really have no other uh, agenda, no other goal. We just want to make sure that that person is going to be safe and that that person receives medical assistance as soon as possible when necessary. So uh, we are, all of our staff are trained in the uh, in the. Uh, treatment and diagnosis of of all poisonings. We have many different levels of staff. We have poison information providers. We have certified specialists in poison information. They undergo rigorous training and certification in order to reach that level. We have medical toxicologists like myself who undergo specialty training after their medical residencies. 
to receive uh, that uh, training to be able to take care of patients at bedside, etc. Mm-hmm. So we have several levels of training to speak to several levels of people as well. So when you call uh, from home, if you're a mother or father and you're calling from home about your child, for example, who got into a substance accidentally, you're likely speaking to one of our certified specialists in poison information, which we call C-SPY for short. And these folks will just simply go through the list of the possibilities that surround the circumstance that you're calling about. What did the child get into? How many pills did the child get into? Do you have the pill bottle? Let's count them together. Let's work together to try to figure out all the clues that we can find to determine how serious was this exposure. And once we determine how serious the exposure was, then we can determine the next steps for you. Ah, that's so calming. You know, like having steps, having somebody take you through steps and giving you jobs, because actually that's the next question is as, I mean, a lot of our questions are going to be kind of geared towards parenting because that's sort of where most of our listeners are right now in terms of calling a lot. Um, And that's like, what, what steps should we take during that moment? Like the moment we realize it's happened, we've done the first right step, which is to call you. But I think there are lots of, you know, do I make my child vomit? Do I rinse their mouth out? Do I, you know, like I think there are lots of things that we instinctually want to do. Or there's also a, a desire to be calming down the child uh, who may have taken something and may be upset, they may be, you know, they're not not breathing, but they're not happy. Right. What are things that we should be doing? Well, I think first and foremost is for you yourself to remain calm. Just try to make sure that you've got the wherewithal to be able to speak and that you're not hyperventilating yourself right. because of the scary situation that you may have uh, just witnessed. Remain calm yourself because once you call us, we'll be able to walk through those steps with you. Second, after that, once you've established that you can uh, <laughs> remain calm, is to uh, don't guess. We just want to make sure that mm-hmm. everyone doesn't take a guess as to what their next step should be. And you mentioned, for example, trying to make the child vomit. Well, there are a number of circumstances where that could actually make the situation a whole heck of a lot worse. Right. And in fact, we generally don't advise parents to make their children vomit for almost any situation. So that's something that has kind of gone by the wayside over the past several decades in terms of poison advice. So we always advise, don't guess, be sure. Simply give us a call, explain the situation that has happened as calmly as you can, and then we will walk you through those steps. We'll literally take you by the hand over the phone, and we'll walk you through the steps necessary to determine how serious that exposure was. Well, let's stay on this and talk some about maybe other cultural norms or, you know, things that, you know, we may have grown up with thinking are the right things to do or to have on hand that may not be the right things anymore. Because I got to tell you, that throw up thing, that is just exactly what my instinct would probably kick in to do. So it's really good to hear, no, no, you've got the time to call and be taken through this. But what are some like misconceptions or truths out there in terms of childproofing or storing uh, items that like milk and magnesium, the active charcoal, the ipecac, I mean, that kind of stuff. Where are sure. we with that now in 2017? 
Well, it's a great question. I, over the last maybe even 2,000 years, there's documentation of using substances like Ipecac or related to syrup of Ipecac uh, to induce vomiting after a potential uh, poisoning exposure. And I can tell you this, that the last time that California Poison Control System recommended the use of Ipecac was back in the mid-90s or so. Mm. And it is a practice that has really kind of gone by the wayside and is considered archaic by most uh, most experts in, 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 the, in poison control and poison information. And the reason is this. We, we know that it does kind of make some intuitive sense to think, well, if I swallow something and it's in my stomach and I induce vomiting, then there's a chance that that substance will come out and then I won't absorb it. And although that kind of makes sense when you think about it, in practice, it has not actually proven to improve the outcome of any poisoning situation. And in fact, for certain kinds of substances, especially if the substance is an acid uh, or what we call an alkali, which is kind of the opposite of an, of an acid, or if it's some other kind of caustic substance or maybe some kind of a fuel or a gasoline mm. or you know, something like that, those are the kinds of things that if you do induce vomiting, well, now the substance has the opportunity not only to come up but to come back down the wrong pipe, mm. and that's your respiratory tree. And when it gets into those areas, then you have a situation that could be now 100 or maybe even 1,000 times worse. So that's why we have uh, more or less abandoned that general practice. And if you do have a situation where someone has uh, ingested something at home, we actually advise not to induce vomiting. Call us first. Let us review the situation with you over the phone, and then we'll give you those next steps. Well, so, okay, so what should we have? If you were to say, okay, three or four things that you should you have written down or have on hand or, you know, sort of our just-in-case kit, and this could simply be poison control written on every wall (laughs) in your house. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say first and foremost, that's the most important thing is to have the number available and not only have the number written down next to your home telephones, which is 1-800-222-1222. And that's a nationwide number, so it's the same number no matter where you are. So have that number written down uh, next to every phone or on every phone. Uh, Go ahead and program the number into your Mm -hmm. phone so that if you need to dial it up real quick, you don't have to worry about the number. You can just go for poison control and dial it right away. Um, so having the number available is first and foremost the most important thing. And also making sure that other people are aware of it and have it who may be taking care of your children who are not you. So babysitters, grandparents, aunts and uncles, things like that who may be taking care of your child. Uh, those folks should have those numbers uh, readily available as well. There are some uh, other things that people have uh, used over the years, and syrup of Ipecac is one of them that we've talked about. Um, there are some other substances that people have tried to use over the years as, quote-unquote, home remedies for, uh, for poisonings. And by and large, they don't do a whole heck of a lot either in terms of improving the outcome of poisonings and also could make things worse as well. Uh, so things like milk of magnesia or other salty substances to try to either induce vomiting or to try to push substances through the gastrointestinal tract quicker, right. things like that, the home remedies in general have not been shown to be very effective at all. And so that's why we say it's best just to stand back, do nothing, observe very carefully, give us a call, and then we'll determine those next steps. Is there anything that poison control does that the average person wouldn't know that you guys do? Are there other, I mean, are there besides, ah, my kid ate something or my husband ate something or I ate something. Is there something else about poison control we don't know that you guys do or offer? Sure. 
Yeah, I think that there's a lot of folks who may not be aware that we deal with envenomations. So if you are bitten by a rattlesnake, or if you're bitten by a venomous spider, or if you get into a poisonous plant or mushroom, we take care of those as well. Those are all considered poisonings, and uh, those are fall, those fall right under our, our level of expertise as well. Oh, that's good. Let's wrap up on things we can do preventative-wise, and I'm going to lead off with what happened to Mr. Yuck? We, I grew up with the Mr. Yuck stickers in my house, and maybe I'm just not looking hard enough for the latest version of Mr. Yuck. But besides a version of Mr. Yuck, what are other things that we can do in terms of making our home safe besides not having anything ever in our house? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Well, the, uh, let's start with a Mr. Yuck. Mr. Yuck was a was a, a sticker <laughs> or a magnet, uh, which was basically uh, sort of the opposite of a happy face. It oh, was basically yeah. a face that was very green and had a very sort of angry or sad expression on its on its face, presumably because you know that. Mr. Yuck just ate something that was poisonous. (laughs) And so the idea was that you would put the sticker onto a substance that a child should not touch. Right. The problem with this, though, and there's a lot of conflicting studies on this issue, but one of the things that has sort of come out of that is that the sticker itself was uh, either shown to be not very effective (laughs) at deterring a child, or it was actually shown to maybe even attract a child. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Because of the bright color of the sticker and and the funny face that it had. Right. So by and large, uh, I don't see that a lot of people are using the Mr. Yuck uh, concept uh, (laughs) much anymore. And instead, we kind of go to a lot of more of our our old school prevention uh, techniques, which involve, you know, the first and foremost thing, which is keep things out of reach, out of sight, out of mind. And the more things are out of reach, out of sight, out of mind, the less of a chance that a child will get into it. Now, what that means is also making sure that we understand where and how children usually get into these substances. So it's not just about your bathroom cabinet where you might keep your medications, but you've got to think about all the places where a child especially at their level of vision and at their height, are going to be coming into contact with these substances. A great place, well, I shouldn't say great, but a common place where a child may find some poisonous substances may be right under your kitchen cabinet. We have cleaners, we have all kinds of substances in there that a child obviously should not be getting into, and uh, they're all easily accessible because they're right there under the kitchen cabinet, and they're used almost every day in most families. So a child sees those quite commonly, and then it may become an inviting place for a child to go to go searching around with their level of curiosity. So we want to make sure that, especially if you've got young children, that you want to try to avoid those accidental exposures by keeping those substances out of sight, out of mind. Keep them in top shelves, uh, away from the the, uh, the kitchen cabinet area where they have easy access. If you don't have the ability to do that, there are locks and, and other uh, devices that you can get. Some of them are temporary that can be stuck onto those doors. You can get them at local hardware stores, and they usually have a section that's all devoted to this idea of keeping cabinets uh, you know, locked, drawers right. locked for those safety purposes for people who have uh, young children at home. And there are experts out there who will do all the installation for you as well. So there are a lot of different options like that. There are also a few do's and don'ts about the, the storage of medication in general. What we always advise is that whether it is a medication or whether it is a some kind of a chemical, a liquid, whatever it is, all of these things should always be in their original containers, and they should never leave those original containers unless they're being used. So you shouldn't never take a garage chemical like antifreeze and pour it into another jar that doesn't have a label on it. One of the reasons for that, for example, is that antifreeze has a very bright color. It actually tastes like very sugary water. 
So a child could easily walk up to that and think, oh, this this must be Gatorade or something like that, and go ahead and drink it. And that's an extraordinarily poisonous substance. Another thing that we run into quite commonly is, especially when you have someone in the household who's on multiple medications, Mm. you find that it may be difficult for that person to open and close uh, many different pill bottles three or four times a day for all the medications they have to take. So as a matter of convenience, they may use one of those pill dispensing boxes. And those can be very convenient for the person who's using it, but now what you've done is you've taken those medications out of their child-resistant containers and put them into containers that are not child-resistant at all. Usually they have little flip tops on them. Yeah. And so they're great for organizing pills, but they become a very easy uh, access, uh, point of access for children to get into multiple different medications. So all of these things can be very problematic. And, and, you know, if you're living alone and you have one of these, that's perfectly fine. But if you have young children in that home, then using these kinds of dispensary modalities can potentially be dangerous. And also when you have, you know, the holiday times, and let's suppose you are inviting people over to your house. It might be grandma, grandfather, grandfather. It could be anyone who maybe has one of these dispensers when they bring it to your house. Make sure you ask, do you have one of these? And ask maybe before they come over and maybe not to bring them or when they do bring them that you're going to put it into a secure place so that your children aren't going to get into it. And especially during these holiday times when you've got a lot of people in your yeah. house, a lot of people running around, supervision sometimes isn't what you want it to be. And so locking these things up and keeping them out of reach, out of sight, out of mind is most important. Well, uh, so we're going to wrap up and we're going to have you tell us uh, the poison control number again. But also, is there an online system that people can also use? So for the actual advice for a certain for, for a poisoning situation that occurs in your home, we don't have an online service specifically for that. But we do have a lot of online resources for people to look at if they want to get more information and more education. So we have our phone number, which is 1-800-222-1222 nationwide number 24 7 365 always available it's also available in any language that you like so if you speak spanish if you speak any language we use the at&t international operators to speak different languages for us to do to do translations so we have the ability to talk to anybody so uh, that should be uh, well advertised as well uh, in addition we have a few ways for people to get more information one of them is if you text the word tips t-i-p-s Or if you are Spanish-speaking and you text the word P-U-N-T-O-S, puntos, to the number 20121, then you will be able to receive, free of charge, daily poisoning prevention tips uh, on your phone. Uh, So it's another way to get uh, resources that are are sent to you from our system. In addition to that, we have a couple of web-based resources for other uh, information and also for some instruction for for young children. We actually have an app. It's called Choose Your Poison, which is available (laughs) at uh, the App Store and also on the Android Store. And what this is, it's actually a game that young children can play. And what it does is it shows you a pill, and it also shows you a candy, and you have to pick the one mm. that's the poison and, and pick the one that's the candy. And so it's a very interesting app to go through, especially when you run through it with your child, and it's very illuminating for a lot of parents as well to realize that there are so many medications out there that actually look a lot like candy, and this is one way of providing more information and education on that. And that same game is also available online at uh, pillsversuscandy.com, and it's free to download, free to play as well. That's great. You know, actually, that my kids, we have that conversation all the time, you know, outside of just locking things up. I'm constantly like, this is a poison, right? Like, I show them that, like, this is a cleaning. It doesn't go in our bodies. And, like, whenever 
I have medications in the house that, you know, we, we're fairly healthy. We don't take medications every day. But, like, I recently had a, several pills in after a surgery. And I, again, go over, this is medicine. These are, me- it's not candy. If anybody <laughs> yes. hands you something, if a friend wants to give you something, you know, this will make you feel a certain way. This tastes good. You do not take it. Do exactly. not take That's medicine great advice. Yeah, and, and in anyone. fact, we always extend that to uh, also to make sure that if you are administering medication to your child, let's suppose it's an antibiotic yeah. or cough medicine or something like that, we always recommend, please don't tell your child, oh, this is candy. Right. Because then they will associate that medicine with candy and think that they are one and the same. That's correct, because that stuff, that Tylenol stuff is delicious. I mean, that is just like <laughs> cotton candy formula. I mean, it's just like raw cotton candy is what it tastes like. But yeah, no, I think there's you know, we, we go over that with the kids all the time, just as a reminder in terms of, you know, no one gives you medicine, but, you know, your father or I, unless we've told you differently, right? You know, I mean, that sort exactly. of thing. So I really love the pill versus candy, I think is genius. And we're going to link everybody up to all of these things you've just listed, all of these resources you've listed, as well as we will post the poison control number um, on our website. We'll text it out. I mean, we'll tweet it out uh, this week as well. Thank you so much, Dr. Rangan, for coming on and taking the time to go over this with us. It is so helpful. It's just very reassuring. And it's very reassuring to know that We've got somebody we can call when we are in a situation like this. No problem. Thank you very much for having us. We're happy to come back anytime. Oh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm your oldest brother, Justin McElroy. I'm your middlest brother, Travis McElroy. And I'm your sweet baby brother, Griffin McElroy. Me and 3,000 of your closest friends just found your next podcast obsession. Cereal! Okay, but like, the second best podcast. 99% Oh, f***, just listen to my brother, my brother, and me on MaximumFun.org. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. And we've got a new podcast on Maximum Fun called Wonderful. Wonderful. It's an enthusiast podcast where we talk about things that we're excited about and things that you're excited about. Things like overalls. 24-hour Sudafed. The grand prize game. The fact that wombats use their butts to kill predators. The soundtrack to the movie Dick Tracy. The beach potion we call Bud Light Line. All these things and more every Wednesday. And we'll also talk about things that you're excited about. You can find us on MaximumFun.org or iTunes or wherever. I don't know. Just search Wonderful. Google it, you'll probably get there. That was great. That was so much fun. Can I, I would like to openly admit I was scared to hear any of it. I know. I was scared I was going to feel judged or I was going to beat myself up for mistakes that I have made. Yeah. But I actually do not. Yeah. Because. I was hanging on his every word. I was. I was like, I need this information. I know. Well, here's the thing that is so stupid that I did not think about. Hmm. You can call poison control for things other than just your kids. Yeah. You can call it for yourself. For, yourself, for yeah. other adults in your yeah. house. There's lots of times like where, you know, if you have older relatives visiting or you are mm-hmm. visiting older relatives, those pill boxes get confusing. I constantly am oh, like, totally. are you sure you took all these? Yeah. Did you refill these correctly? You know yeah. what I mean? So like, 
I think, and the poisoning, the snake. I have a friend who was just bitten by a snake in his yard the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, and sat around for like three days. And I'm like, wow, we could have just been you know, before going in. He could have called poison control. I'm going to tell totally. everybody about that. Yeah. I think it's so great. Or like sometimes in the mom fog, I take something yes. in the morning and then I'm like, did I take that? Yeah. And then I take it like an allergy pill or right. whatever. And I'm like, wait, I totally did take that earlier. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. That's like, you know. Yes, yeah, simple, perfect, perfect examples. Perfect of examples yeah. of that, or the old. I gave my kid the Tylenol. Did it? Was it three hours ago? Right. Five hours ago? I right. gave it to her. It was only three. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. They are there to help you through all of the. There is no question too dumb to ask poison control. Yep. Okay, so we are going to link everybody up to all of those things. I just think that was so nice. Again, I can't believe. We have taken so long to have them on. We should have a check-in with them every year. You know who we need to check in with, though, every week? Oh, yeah. That is a mom having a breakdown. We are, we are like the poison control hotline <laughs> for moms having breakdowns. Hi, this is a rant, I think. Yeah, no, it's definitely a rant. It's more like I don't have anybody else to talk to about this. <laughs> I have two kids, two small kids, a baby and a three-year-old, and I've just found out, like, a whole bunch of my friends are pregnant, and I'm so happy for them, but I'm also, like, jealous of them, but I don't want to have any more babies, but, like, they have such good, exciting things happening that's, like, a baby's just, like, so exciting, and, like, I'm not going to have any more kids, and I'm very happy with that, but... Like, I guess I'm just really, um, I wish I were more excited, but babies are, like, so exciting, but I'm not going to have any more. And I'm so happy for my (laughs) friends. You guys are doing a great job. Okay, bye. You would not believe, I think there's like something in the air. We have a number of calls like this Hmm. that are, whether it be, I'm not having any more kids, Mm -hmm. but all my friends are having kids. Or I'm kind of itching to have more kids, but my partner doesn't want to have any more kids. Mm -hmm. And I touched on this some when you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I, I just wanted to like, I just wanted to put this back out there that this is like a real place to be. And it is hard to find people to talk to about this mm-hmm. when, and I will use my own example, and that is I do not, we, can, we cannot have any more kids Yeah, for a number of reasons, okay? We're, we're not having any more kids. Mm-hmm. But the desire to have more kids mm-hmm. happens. Oh, yeah. And I don't ever want to be pregnant again, yeah. but I fucking was very jealous of you being pregnant. Yeah. I don't want another infant. I am bad with infants. That is not my forest. Yeah. I want a baby. You know what I mean? Like, or I have that vision of like, this is what my house would be like with like 12 kids in it. You know what I I mean? Like when they're all functioning on their own and don't need anything, which is not ever a reality. It's a fantasy. Why don't I have a room with four bunk beds? Look how fun that would be. Yeah. Right? Like none of that is, is, none of that is real. Yeah. And that fantasy mixed with 
I think an actual physical desire yeah, that biological happens to us, right? Yeah. Combined with the reality of, for whatever reason, not extending my family anymore. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, that's a real mixed bag. Yeah. And it is hard. It's a trap if you say, I don't want to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. Out loud. Right? Like, that's sometimes a trap. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a trap sometimes to feel like if you say, I'm sad, I, I don't want to have any more kids. Mm-hmm. Though you're, you're having kids. And it also can be, like, a trap to feel like you have to say... Yay, you're having right. kids, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when who knows what's going on with you? you because I, I, this is just a hard one. And I just wanted to put out there, it's all right to feel really torn up about this. Mm-hmm. And it also is all right to realize it kind of sucks that we just, it's really hard to have those conversations. I mean, I I totally agree. And I think that there's also something about expecting a baby that, for me anyway, yeah. has been such, it's like the biggest thing that's yeah. happened in my life. And yeah. so when it's over, when you're not expecting the baby anymore, <laughs> you have the baby, right. but you're not expecting the baby anymore. There is a weird finality to that. And... Um, and I think, you know, um, when the caller said, you know, I'm so excited, but I'm also, I don't know. I'm, you know, there's, I think there's something about when we have like really young children, we're so close timeline wise to having felt like very powerfully that feeling of expectation and joy and excitement. And that's kind of like an intoxicating thing. And then when you're taking care of young children, despite being often madly in love with your children, you're doing so much work and you're so tired and there's scary things and hard things yeah. and painful things. And so you're you're so you're so timeline-wise close to just the unknown joy of expectation. Right. And yet your reality is that that is gone. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah, it's, it's like just weird. It's like a weird middle zone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... This is just a reality sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it is a stinky one because we can't always talk it out, which is why you can call us and talk it out at us yep. on our hotline. Well, look, you're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. You really are. And I'm sorry that you're wrestling with that. But you are remarkable. Yeah, you're great. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that a house is a home that can sometimes make you feel like you're losing your mind. I feel like there's also like an added bit of guilt. Like, why am I, I like my home is like where you're supposed to go mm-hmm. and be so connected with your family. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating that it is where I am feeling the least connected to my family. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. a weird place. That's a weird yeah. house to build. Yeah. So uh, we just learned that this is for us just something we're noticing. And maybe we need to physically jolt ourselves out of it by you know, setting up some time with our kids when we first walk in, breaking up our routine 
in, in what we're doing in our house when we when we enter the house. I'm gonna do it. You I'm guys. gonna try it. Too. I'm gonna report back. Uh, yeah, me I'm too. Gonna I'm gonna try. do that for a whole week yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, see if that affects anything. Yeah, because maybe just you know, like everything else, we come on here and fucking talk about being aware of it is like seventy percent of the battle. Totally to making the changes we want to make. We also learned the poison control hotline is a fucking gift, guys. Yep. And they want you to call. They want you to call. There is no shame in calling. There is no judgment in calling. They, it is like a party line for panic. You know what I mean? Like, like it is really one of those perfect places on our planet that exists for us to go to when we are have a question or uh, something has happened. You know, I, I just think, what a gift, guys. Let's use the shit out of poison control, yep. right? We're going to link everybody up to that again. And we also learned, that we, it's just like with every call and every discussion we have, there are a lot of layers to our lives, aren't mm-hmm. there? And we can feel one way one day and feel a totally different way another day. And we got to take the pressure off of ourselves for thinking that we, when we feel a certain way, that that's the only way we have to feel. Mm-hmm. We got to get rid of that pressure. Mm-hmm. And everything is something we can change or work or try. Mm-hmm. Or feel differently about and then feel differently about it again the next time, right? Whether that applies to how we're feeling about our, you know, growing our families, not growing our families, how we feel when we see things out in the world and knowing people aren't doing them at us, but it doesn't mean it can't have an effect on us. That's okay to have these feelings, guys, right? Um, Let's don't beat ourselves up for those. Whether it applies to just our day-to-day feelings as parents, they aren't all winners, and that's okay, right? Just continuing to talk about it, continuing to acknowledge it, being willing to make mistakes and try something else again without beating ourselves up too bad. I guess that's the goal. That's the Mm -hmm. goal we're all trying to do. So everybody, you're doing a fucking remarkable job with that goal. Okay, really, this is, it's a lot, all the time. (laughs) And you're remarkable. You really are. You're doing such a good job. Yeah, you are. Teresa, you are doing such a good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to load. Down mama blues, I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues, low down mama blues, low down mama blues, got to low down mama blues, you know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Kara Hart. Our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, are perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all of these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. 
One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, daddy, baby, fuss and fight, not throw down mama through. Oh, said daddy, baby, fuss and fight, not throw down mama through. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.